Chris, how's it going? I fucking hate you. <laughs> well, Man, welcome everybody. This is <laughs> it's gonna be a real slobber knocker. Well, we also have a special well, guest. Uh, yeah, uh, our first guest on this program. Woo-hoo. You. Hi. Hi. Oh, I'm, I'm and Chris. Who are you? Kayla. Hi, Kayla. Yes. And I'm Chris, and yeah, so I'm Brad. Yeah, and it's uh-huh. it's. Uh, HPV. HPV. We yep. watch bullshit. Yes. Uh huh. And so, uh, that's a rather hostile beginning you've chosen to take, my friend. So, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> it sure so, is. So it is a it's a stand I'm willing to defend, Brad. So the movie of choice is Darby O'Gill and the Little People, 1959 classic starring Sean Connery. Kinda. For a little bit. Absolute classic. I was Disney classic. Real let down with the lack of Sean Connery in this film. Really? I could have used 110% more. Even though the movie is called Darby O'Gill. And Darby O'Gill I didn't know he wasn't in... Darby O'Gill. I oh, assumed I he was the main character. That's I very see. fair. Okay. Yes. Like, I thought also. I didn't. Kind but... of assumed he was, like, main character because... <laughs> I, I, I didn't assume our main character was going to be a uh, drunken, cackling idiot. I... <laughs> well, you notice in the opening credits that Sean Connery is third billing. Or maybe and, you didn't notice that. And who is fourth, Brad? Um, <laughs> um, some person who? The Leprechauns. Well, King Brian. The Leprechauns are credited before actual people who worked on the film. Oh, oh well, man... It's not that they're credited. No, let's clarify this position because it is not that they are credited. What they are is acknowledged and thanked for their willingness and participation to help create this movie. Walt Disney himself thanks the king of what's it called? Knockney Mountain. Who cares? Something like that. So what you're seeing is an actual declaration, not a list of employment, which is usually what casting credits fundamentally comes down to. So it is a, uh, it's like an acknowledgement when Disney acknowledged and was grateful to China for letting them shoot near their concentration camps in the recent Mulan movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's very similar type of situation. I don't know why this is difficult for you to understand. Oh, man. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, were you not aware of that? Yes, no. that's true. Yes, you can look that up. Yeah, that's true. The I think you're supposed to be defending this movie. I am defending this movie. It doesn't sound any. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not defending the production company that made the movie. What I'm saying is that Walt Disney himself, in his brilliance, uh, chose to acknowledge the King of the Leprechauns for his participation in making the movie, granting them access to the site, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> For head. Yes, my friend. <laughs> this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, how can you say that? What? Okay. All right. Why it is do you long. Say... It, it, actually, it is not even that long. But Kayla, it, would it... you say this is one of the worst movies you've ever seen? I've seen a lot of 80s and 90s like B-movie okay, vampire this was flicks. So, 1959. no. But I, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's long. It, and yeah, a little bit. Clocks in at 90 minutes. It felt like four and a half days. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like the Schneider cut to you in terms of length and duration. Okay. How how they happen to luxuriate 
on a drunken old man playing a fiddle inside a room full of leprechauns for what, 10 minutes? It was not a 10 minute long scene. It perhaps was three, maybe four minutes. Brad, it took forever. Well, you know, there was the natural progression of working the leprechauns up into a fury so they would want to jump on little mini ponies and go fox hunting, (laughs) which is what they did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't not laugh. Anybody who hasn't seen this movie should be like, these people are on drugs. Well, Well, yes. Fair. But fuck you for the like official way that you (laughs) explained that to me while putting the tone of yeah, dumbass on it. I didn't care for that. Because what happens in this film is fucking insane. Yes, but that's the beauty of it, man. I mean, this was in a time when there weren't, uh, you know, uh, test audiences. You know what I mean? Yeah. There there wasn't, like, movies by committee where boardrooms were like, you know... This is clearly one insane (laughs) asshole's vision. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine the amount of... Whatever intoxicants they were using had to go into the idea, first of all, of just, you know, wouldn't it be quaint to make a story about a local town drunk who talks about, you know, trying to capture... Uh, who is being fired from his job for rank incompetence. Well, Because he hangs out at the bar all day long. And talks about trying to kidnap a king so he can, you know, blackmail him into granting three wishes. I mean, it does sound a little deranged, I grant you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. We, get, we get a nice side love story with um, Sean Connery and um, that dear actress who so perfectly fits the bill of the charming Irish girl. I forget her name. What's her name? Isn't it Katie? Monroe or something. They like only that. say it like 3,000 times. Well, I mean the actress's name herself. Oh, I have but... no idea. All right. Well, I couldn't tell you who played Darby O'Gill either, even though well, it... I could easily pull it up on my phone right now. I just can't be asked to but, do it. But no. there is one thing that I can promise you is that they are both dead. Yeah. Absolutely dead. Well, the woman might still be alive. I mean, women do live longer than men traditionally, so... Okay, so... (laughs) I don't know where to go with this, because this movie is fucking dumb nine ways from Sunday. Why do you keep saying that? It's a very clear, linear story. No flashbacks were necessary. Can I can I like talk about the intro, the beginning of it? Like the first I, thought I had was, "Hey, there's a cow's ass on the screen." Two of them actually, and then oh, some some geese and, and then some chickens, and like I got to see animals. Um, a cow's ass. But that is literally the first thing you see during the opening music is a cow, two cows like getting walked across the street. Oh right! By like a person. So, so immediately, <laughs> you know, this film is ass. <laughs> so well, it's leading yeah. you into yeah. the environment, the world building. Yes, a small farm but, town yeah. community. I understand I just, what you're saying. Sure. <laughs> Can we talk about that fucking mutant woman? Who? Pony's mother. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mrs. Sardou. Or... I don't care for that woman at all. 
<laughs> I hate the little nosy old ladies because those are the ones that don't like me because they've got like usually sticks so far up their butts. Like they're like the Karens of that generation, and mm. like mm, the old lady across the street from my grandma's would look, sit in the chair and watch out the window. See now, you notice what just happened there, Chris? I, she made a real life association to a character within a movie, which meant that she had a personal connection to what she was watching. <laughs> I, I hate hated that this bitch. This horrible old crone <laughs> who is so stereotypical. I hate that you're looking me right in the eyes right now <laughs> as if this was a victory. <laughs> I just want you to recognize the craftsmanship that went into this movie you so cavalierly call stupid. So well, we meet our main character as he's yes. babbling at a table in a bar Drinking a beer at like three in the afternoon about the time that he got fooled by a leprechaun, even though he knew better. So now is he babbling or is he world building, telling us what type of uh, people he interacts with, the environment he lives in, everyone around the bars enraptured by him. He's being mocked by the son of that old shrew that's so stereotypical. Kayla can recognize her and other horrible women who actually exist. Now, I ask you, Chris, where is the stupidity in that? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we'll get to... Because the first, what, 20... Because he's talking okay. about how he negotiates with the king of leprechauns and how he's outsmarted. Yes. Right? And he's like, oh, it's so terrible. I, I should have known better, right? And he's being mocked by... This guy, right, the son of the shrew, and um, the barkeep is like, hey, stop mocking Darby, because Darby is just telling the world view the way he sees it. So you be quiet and have a stout, because you can't have any whiskey, and if you don't oh, like your stout, I, I, that was you can get the hell out. <laughs> stout or out, that's your options. Yeah. And the guy goes, oh yeah, well, what are you going to do? And the guy oh. says, hey... I'll tell the preacher to condemn your soul to fiery oblivion. And the guy says, oh, holy smokes, don't do that. I'll have a stout. And he sits right down. Darby tells his story. God, what is dumb God damn about you, that? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the magic of Disney. I do genuinely love, though, the... He, Oh, they're definitely in Ireland because, like, nope, you're cut off from the whiskey. Just have a couple beers instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, Slow down. Not True. like you can have some water or like a plate of potatoes or something to calm you down. You can you can have some beer. Like right. that. Right. I mean, right. honestly, that's fair. Like you were about to start some shit. At least they're letting you stay. But like, mm -hmm. see, that's a fair Irish negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about why the king of the leprechauns is just named Brian Connors? <laughs> hey, you know what? He's just the dude who calls everyone man. Now, the leprechaun king fucking rules in this he movie. He kind of does. He, isn't he awesome? <laughs> isn't he fun? Hell yeah. All he's doing, his only interest is, hey, let's get hammered. Let's dance. And maybe every once in a while we'll, like, do a fox hunt or something like that. Because we got to eat, you know. But And I'm going to be a dick the entire time. I'm the fucking king. 
Exactly. Yeah. Right? He fucking uh-huh. rules. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, Figuratively, literally, that guy's awesome. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he... They show he and Darby's first interaction. Mm. Because Darby traps him on the side of some rocks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And was it, they can't get away if you're looking at them. Yeah. He's yep. staring him right in the eye, making sure that that he doesn't lose track of him. Because if he takes his eyes off of him, just in that moment, the leprechaun will disappear, turn invisible. But what I'm saying is that that is the first example of the effects in this film actually being <laughs> really fucking good for 1959. Yeah. Aren't they fucking good? I like, mean, the way they shot they the... Uh, I guess the little people, the leprechauns, and the regular people, like in the same shots with yeah. the composites. Holy shit, that was really good for 1959. It really was. They spent money on that. Yes. I mean, it's one of the few. This is one of the reasons why I like that era of Disney film because whether it was the live action animation interactions that they were doing or um, this. They really spent time with the effects because they knew the only way anybody's going to remotely come close to buying this bullshit <laughs> is we got to make it look as, as real as possible. Yep. And if we achieve that, that's Disney magic that no other studio is investing their time or effort to, to do. You know, they literally, like, um, I'm not sure how immense the technical effort was with this movie. But to speak of Mary Poppins, just as a side note, they literally invested in camera technology as well as film uh, development technology, chemical technology, to shoot this movie, to composite all of the animation and the colors and everything together so that you would buy it. They had a similar type of investment with this movie. So I guess what I'm trying to say with that long speech is this was a time before computer graphics when, you know, like nowadays, the Marvel movies are are now very much kind of cookie cutter in the way that you see some of these effects come together and everything. And this is like, holy crap, that Banshee at the end actually. Oh, man. The first time I saw that. I mean, I was a boy in a theater, I grant you, but the first time I saw that scared the shit out of me. And that, I think it still holds up. That is actually one of the raddest ghosts that I've seen on film. Like that's <laughs> that, up, that really that's, was. That's Whoa. up there with the ghost from Personal Shopper for me. And mm. that's, holy shit. Wow. Yeah, dude. The, that banshee at the end, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. And the entire carriage. Now, the Technicolor horse, that didn't look great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... But it's very funny because it just kicks Darby right down a fucking well. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because they're agitating it to do, like, the tongue wagging and all of that sort of stuff. And they do this sort of... Um, I don't know uh, how you would describe it, but, like, some sort of reverse overlay or something with a, just to kind of make it look kind of spooky Yeah, in yeah. some way. But... Um, I mean the kick and into the well is just the payoff that totally makes it work for me, you know? So, yeah, I agree. It's it's a bit cheesy, but, you know. I just, I did not expect to watch a, a man get kicked by a horse into a well. Yeah. 
very much so. The I can't the horse man. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for that animal because like <laughs> it's Disney and this was back way back when. <laughs> yeah, well, that poor horse. <laughs> There's a lot of horse acting in this film. <laughs> the thing about it though is that that they beat a lot of horses. Yeah. Well, okay. Point well taken. However, in this context, I don't think that there was necessarily a lot of that because most of the reactions with the horse were yeah, facial cues. Kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Like kind of isolated in one space. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah. fucking Spielberg's War Horse movie or whatever the hell, which was just, I mean, completely absurd. And God Never knows how many it. horses they actually killed to make that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. No one will ever know, other than the person who had to grind him up at the dog food factory. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that got a little dark. But uh, So I like that the leprechauns are just straight up magicians, though. Isn't that awesome? Well, they're magical creatures. Magical they're, beings, they're, all of them. But they're, they're also... Fae. They're, like, they're kind of fairies, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. But these yeah. ones are dumb as fuck. <laughs> Well, again, they just they're just into drinking, dancing, and I mean it's Disney, so you can't imagine the amount of actual orgies that took place in this. <laughs> oh, Jesus but, wait, wait, but, were there any female leprechauns in this movie? Who cares? <laughs> That's irrelevant to the point. <laughs> Are there female leprechauns? That's my question. No, traditionally they're men. How All do men. they reproduce? I they're magical. They, they live forever. I mean, King Brian was like 5,000 years old. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I get very confused at the relationship between King Brian and Darby because sometimes they were just pals and then other times the leprechaun was just fucking him relentlessly. Well, you know, it it's kind of interesting in the sense that um, uh, here's a creature who, again, has been alive thousands of years, has seen a lot of shit, has uh, known... Uh, individuals, mortal creatures, mortal beings, who uh, have become legendary for whatever reason, right? Yeah, because when Darby gets down to their little uh, leprechaun pit, mm-hmm. it, basically he gives like a five-minute speech. Of, hey, check out all this cool shit we got. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, we got this from this king. We got this from, you know, this hero. Here's the harp that so-and-so played whatever on, you know. Great stuff. Bunch of Irish bullshit. So imagine you're this immortal creature, and then here comes this mortal. Probably like, you know, a, a routine, say every 50 or 100 years, you come across some mortal who's really kind of clever in some way. And you you see the game, you know the game, but they're clever enough that they're actually kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like when... Um, um, say a chess master plays a novice, you know, and the chess master is actually like, oh, I've never seen that before because the novice has no idea. And the chess master kind of has fun with, with this sort of, you know, thing. I, I'm just saying, I'm very confused. As it's to... very much like Twilight. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> Fucking way to stop everything dead I, next to X. What? I, you know, uh, no, okay. Edward with that girl. <laughs> Mrs. Twilight. Yeah, because he's like 100 years old and he's preying on this 16-year-old girl. I, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, he's an old person. Pedophilia is like a big thing in that yeah. series. Did you... I mean... Did you, have you read the books or like seen the ending? Like, um, yeah, it's one of those things where he's like, Oh, well, I really shouldn't be with you, but you know what? I'm gonna knock you up. It's like, Come on, man, really seriously, <laughs> we're supposed to believe that this anyway. That's Twilight, so you know, all I'm trying to say is that immortal he's gonna beings... blow a load through a back of her and just a gaping hole so she's got to be his vampire first because yeah. otherwise he will ruin her with otherwise his, his immortal vampire sperm will infect his her mortal shotgun blast of ejaculate and uh she will have her insides melt within i bet that's just how robert pattinson comes though it's just like <laughs> boom i kind of don't doubt that at all no i honestly i think he's oh, a dribbler i forget <laughs> I think he just goes, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're okay, welcome. Okay, but like, I love him because the entire time he was doing PR for Twilight, he dogged. He's like, I hate this movie. I hate this job. Um, and it got him Good so him. many female fans. And uh-huh. he's like, like, it helped. Yeah, such a Robert picture, Pattinson but. doesn't make noise. Before he comes, he just swipes the hair out of his face. Yeah. That's like his last thrusting maneuver is to swipe his hair out of his face. It's like somebody shoved a super. It's like somebody shoved a super soaker inside you. It just hits you right in the badge wall. Anyway, that's, so why and that's does, the magic of Robert Pattinson. So why does King Darby call, or why does King Brian call Darby back to the uh, leprechaun thing? Though he oh, wants okay. him to stay there forever, but I don't understand why. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> that's, so, that's how I can tell it's going to be like bullshit. The, didn't he say like the rule was that you can't like go there and then come back? Like you can't right. go back home once you're there. Exactly. Okay. So this is all within the script, all within the movie. I don't know why this is so difficult to follow. However. Fuck you. <laughs> Sean Connery has arrived. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a new wrinkle. And... Now, Darby has recognized that he's only got so much time before he can see to the well-being of his daughter, Katie, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is, is that... That's me. Don't okay. worry about it. So, what happens is the leprechauns out in the field somewhere happen to hear the conversation about uh, Sean Connery taking his job, Right. And the king goes, oh, Darby's about to get fucked. You know what? No. I like Darby enough that I'll put the come hither on him, which is uh, his horse running up to the well and looking down the well and then kicking Darby down the well. So King Brian just abducts him. Essentially, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But here's the thing, is that what the king doesn't know is that Darby has made the deal to give me two weeks so that I can, you know, get my daughter through this transition. And that's where Darby's priority is. If he had not made that deal, if the Lord had just come in and said, you know what, Darby, get the 
Move out. Now. Sean's moving in. That's it. That's the way it is. You and your daughter are out. You spent every waking hour at the bar not doing your job. Get the fuck out of here. We'll give you a free house and half of what we were paying you anyway. The Lordship was incredibly kind to do that. I mean, that's a hell of a pension. That's yeah. a nice pension. People aren't nice like that anymore. Like, Well, and to think that they were nice like that back then is kind of a stretch, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. But, but that's it's, why it's a Disney movie. Yeah. But you know? it's still old men who won't just fucking retire. Well, you know, who knows how long the man has, especially if he's out at night, you know, completely trashed while it's raining and things like that. He could die from hypothermia at any time anyway. All right. So, I mean, that's just the reality of what the situation is. So that's why, though, uh, he has this whole number of trying to outsmart the king by distracting him with the whole uh, fiddle dance. And because he's got to escape. And the only way to escape is to get the king to show him how to get out. And the only way to do that is to do <laughs> to the get hunt. them all riled up through dance. <laughs> yeah, so they do the hunt and off they go and Darby gets out. I think off they go is skipping about 25 excruciating minutes of and watching. That, that that song in dance did last an abnormally long time. Um, and I get build up, but at the same time, they that were, was... All I will say is that it they was really 1959. Michael Bay did not exist then. Oh, fucking And God the idea of kinetic cinema was no. not even a thing. What was the thing, though, Why was enjoying the spectacle no, and the you... grandeur of the wide shots of, look at these leprechauns, and oh, look at Darby, and he's so much larger than them, playing fiddle, and look at them all dance and ride their mini ponies in circles around. But this scene does do something very, very important, though. <laughs> and we've already seen an example of Darby's greed, and this time his greed almost kills him because he True. sees yes. the chest full of jewels, mm -hmm. and he's trying to stuff his pockets with as many as he can, and he almost remains trapped in that goddamn uh, yes. lepre leprechaun cave. Another example of how... Um, his sensibilities save him in that if he had been greedy and he had even tried to stop to pick up the stones that were falling out of his pocket, excuse me, even that would have been too much and he would have been trapped. And his trick with the king, no way the king would have let him out again ever after that. He had one shot. And uh, he uses he uses one opportunity. Anyway, see, I am the tiger. So he gets the leprechaun reference, but so he gets the leprechaun king just a shit hammered off a bog whiskey. Yeah. Well, well, he says he found it in the bog, right? It's mystery bog liquor. <laughs> well, I mean, essentially, it's like moonshine, is what they're saying. Is like this, and he gives this it to the. I mean, if you found like a jug of some random substance in the wood, like bog, done would it. you open it and drink it? Done it. Shut the fuck. No, <laughs> you would have died within thirty seconds. I have done a lot of things. Never that. Never. Yeah, I could just be straight antifreeze in there. It wasn't. But yeah, he uh, <laughs> he he gets super hammered with Leprechaun, yeah. and they're trying to uh, make up songs on the spot. 
Like it, it was right. like a Irish, like a Irish jig rap battle almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I okay, all right. Well, okay. So it's um, just these two dudes sitting around bitching about broads. <laughs> well, now, okay. Um, yeah, go ahead, Brad. What first, is, what do you got now? First of all. I would like to point out that in terms of the film narrative, one thing that we forgot to bring up is the whole reason Sean Connery shows up is because the Lord is going to replace Darby yeah, with Sean Connery. Yeah, they're going to fire him due to gross negligence. Okay, so so that specific uh, that plot point is clear. That old shrew with uh, her son thinks that there's an opportunity for her son to take this job. But that's that's just uh, a delusion on her part that comes to a head later. Yeah, she that's introduces her son to the Lord, like, uh, or at least talks him up at least once, and then introduces him to the Lord because he's riding by in the carriage, and the Lord right. just goes like, "Oh, yep, he's big," and just continues on and continues on, saying nothing. So they think that there's a job opportunity when there isn't, and there's this two-week window which kind of gets blown through the course of the movie. But I, I just want to point out that some of these activities that we see uh, are likely taking place, you know, compressed time, that sort of thing, because yeah. we've only got uh, so much time within this wonderful world of the leprechauns. Yes, because he gets the leprechaun shit hammered yeah. and then opens the window because they've drank till dawn. And now, right. and so now this is where this, this movie now. falls apart. Well, now, okay, for, hold on, hold on, be, hold on. No, 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 no. You okay. listen here, motherfucker. All right, because roll. from here on out, the rules are super duper inconsistent and it doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense. Okay, we'll try this. Okay. All right. So try me, motherfucker. <laughs> so basically, all right. So what we've established now is the king is put to come hither on Darby. Darby went to the cave, realized, no, wait, I don't want to be stuck here yet. Does the musical number, gets out of the cave, goes back to the stable and says, hey, I've got this great booze and gets them drinking. Now, as yeah, I forgot original, that they're getting drunk in a barn. <laughs> getting drunk in a barn. Now, okay. I ask you, two old friends, two chums, who just enjoy each other's company, like hanging out, telling stories, give themselves a dumb challenge that allows them a reason to drink. That's what we're seeing here. Two They're friends. playing a drinking game. Yeah, uh-huh. Just to be we friends and We are seeing them have the a bro moment. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this is. They're friends. But... They also have the larger challenge of recognizing that one is a magical being that can grant three wishes to an individual who has a finite period of time on this earth because he's immortal, and those three wishes might actually bring him some comfort and joy. And two and a half minutes before that, he was nervous because he knew the king of the leprechauns was after him because he escaped their fucking torture cellar. Well, yeah, but don't don't forget, they, they... And he makes up a lie. He tells fucking King Brian that he only came back for his pipe. He, I just we came back We see that they the lie to each other all the time, though. And they're cursing each other out all the time. Why, you blackguard, you whatever, hypocritical, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. It's all part of the bromance. That's all I'm saying. So. This is a bro movie. So, what does Darby do? He, he shows the king the sun has risen. Ha ha! I've outsmarted you. Yes. Yes, this mortal man has tricked 
the what did he call himself the intellectual um oh fucking god I annihilator or whatever it was it, it, it was, was ridiculous it was absolutely brilliant so he takes the king stuffs him in a bag <laughs> <laughs> i forgot I, about like a drawstring sack yeah drawstring puts sack him over his shoulder like puts him over his shoulder now here is the key to the solution because of course the minute you brought it up i was like fuck he's right no <laughs> there must be an answer somehow Somehow, somewhere, and this is the answer. The answer is quite simple, actually. Which is, even though the king is visible to the people, he is still able, able, to be seen not as the king, but as the rabbit. And that was demonstrated with the Sean Connery bit, where Sean Connery looks in the bag while uh, Darby is day. talking to the king during yeah. the day. Right. And sees the rabbit. Right. Because the king says, ah, your wish was that people could see me. Well, they can see me, but they see me as the rabbit. Right, but his powers aren't supposed to work in the daytime. But we see that they do, and the reason that they Even do... Even though they explicitly told us that they do not work during the daytime. Chris, you're not listening. The reason the power... We're also told he's not allowed to run away, and he runs right the fuck away the first chance he gets. The reason the power works is because the the power was granted to him via a wish that was made to him. So the wish had granted the power. Okay. What power? The power for Sean Connery to look at him and see him as a rabbit. The the power of like the rabbit disguise, like yes. he's like that. It was yeah. granted as a wish. Well that's like the whole Faye thing. You the, don't fuck with the Faye because like yeah. even if you get a wish, they're gonna twist that around like yeah, and in fuck a way you that you over. didn't expect. No, yeah, like be careful what you wish for, like it's said for a reason, like that superstition. Yeah. So uh. when the daughter shows up and granted she was upset. But she so disrespectfully <laughs> grabs the bag with the king in it, throws it to the ground, not realizing that she has now given the king the opportunity to make his escape because everyone thinks he looks like a rabbit. Darby Dar looks like a fool. Chasing after a fucking rabbit. Yes. <laughs> he looks like the drunk old deviant that he is. We're, we're just going to jump right over the part where King Brian visits them in their dreams. Oh, no, we'll go back to that. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll go back to Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Now, you want to talk about grooming? <laughs> no, I don't. You want to talk but... about maybe, uh, you know, whatever the kids call it these days, you know? Uh, kind of planting seeds in people's Psychological minds. Psychological warfare. Yeah, uh-huh. Manipulation, misdirection, because, guidance. Because he... Uh, he tells, uh, or King Brian tells Darby that he'll visit uh, Sean Connery in his dreams, yeah. in his real form. Yeah. So he shows up and tells Sean Connery that he should just marry this woman. You know what? You don't find a girl like her every day. And Sean Connery threatens to fight the king of the leprechauns <laughs> out of well, a dead sleep, and it rules. Oh, it's the best thing. See, now... He's you, like, oh, you're the king of the leprechauns. Go away. Like... Yeah, now I've seen you go away. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's beautiful. Now, you want to understand why Sean Connery was such a badass and deserved to be James Bond okay, deserved this... to be the legend that he is. He was ready to fight the king of the leprechauns. <laughs> Out of a dead and snake. And then a coward you call me! <laughs> <laughs> and 
And Brian's like, oh, no, no, no. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. Sean's like, yeah, that's right. I go back to bed. Fuck you. And I'm Scottish playing an Irishman. We're in a movie about We're Disney. We're never doing a movie with accents ever again. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we will. Frarity darty darter. Who knows? Whatever. Anyway. That sounded then, more pirate than that's how. But that's how badass Sean Connery is. And always was. Was you give him a scene like that, and then suddenly it looks authentic. He was going to whoop that king's ass. Right? Okay, the king but was like, scared. Could you imagine being a man and having a father-in-law like that? Like, he just sits there and smiles as, like, the the daughter has, like, this dialogue with her father. And he's, if I was, like, a person sitting there, I'd be like, you two people are on something. Like, you got some, Oh, okay. Like, so the scene that you're talking about, okay, hold on. Let's, let's, uh... Before we go to that scene, because... Are we talking about the part where Sean Connery makes her come by looking at her? No, 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 no. Okay. That that was their very first introduction, and let's just say love at first sight is real. Because, okay. um, So there are some people... Some yeah. people do go sploosh. It does happen. She, now... If she'd have moved quickly, she'd okay. have slipped in her own puddle. Now, I don't want to go too much further out of order, Okay. Because we need to finish talking about the dream sequence. Oh, and then, yes. And then we need to talk about the scene that Kayla was talking about, which is the father and the daughter having their discussion about, what was it, the, the king and all of that. And Sean Connery just sitting at the table going, oh, these two people are batshit crazy. No wonder the Lord hired me to come in and try and clean up this fucking mess. These two can't do it. It is the first time he meets them. And it's the first time he meets them. Yeah. Coming from out of town for a job to take this motherfucker's job and he's like what did yeah. i walk into yeah and the funniest thing is darby is like yeah this is a stay with us for two more weeks it's gonna be just fine yeah. i think i should get a room in the town no you stay with us you, you stay <laughs> here you, you come Seduce fuck my daughter my i can daughter. my home dang it okay so that that line takes us right back to the the dream sequence scene yeah okay, okay. so the dream sequence scene where now now the king is like, look, 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 Sean, I don't want to fight you. I didn't mean to call you coward. I just want you to fuck Darby's daughter, please. <laughs> and Sean goes, okay, well, let me go back to bed and I'll think about it in my dreams. And the king goes, okay. And then he sneaks into the daughter's room. Yeah, he appears to Katie. Climbs up on her bed next to her head and goes, Katie. Okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe not we're, like that. Yeah, we're done with that. But, but then she he, wakes up. He essentially tells her, "Hey, you're thirty. You're kind of useless. You should just let Sean Connery no. fuck you. No, no, you're not no. good for much else at this point. No, that's not what he said. The fuck it isn't. What he said was nope. Pay attention, Chris. No, what I, he said I was it. you're twenty now." You're 20 now, so you better go after Sean while you're still ripe and appealing and Sean might actually want to tap you because you know when you get to 30. Because you know when you get to 30, you're going to be looking more like a raisin than a fresh grape. Ow. And, Ow. and, and it's not going to be so easy for you to pull uh, tail like it is when you're 20. This is a... I mean... I mean, I'm... 
I'm paraphrasing, of course. This is a real tightrope you're walking yeah. here, Bob. But this is the moment where Katie actually stirs up out of bed because remember, she also threatens to fight the king, just just like the badass that Sean Connery is, oh, right? And let's not forget that Sean, in his dream sequence, says, I don't want a woman who will fall for me. I want a woman who will have her own mind and will and insight or whatever he says, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't want a woman to fall into my arm. Or yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to catch her or something. I yeah, something, something like, that. like that. And so here she is saying, Oh, no, I'm not going to fall into any man's arms. I'm going to say no. And the king's like, Yeah, you just keep saying no. Say no, Katie. Say no. And now we know they're perfect for each other. Yeah, they really walked it back. Yeah, because the leprechaun king just basically manipulated both of them into seeing each other as ideal mates for each other. Sure, man. That's what that scene is about. Sexual I mean, I mean. <laughs> um. Also, like, I'm sorry. You know it's true. <laughs> oh, I absolutely know it's true. I am sure that I would have ended up in an asylum during these times because I would have oh, told yeah. a man to go fucking <laughs> um, very, very fast. Well, right, so know, where do we go after this break? Because this movie really goes off the rails. Well, not really. Oh, because okay. I think we've answered most all of your questions about how... So Darby's just carrying this goddamn leprechaun around in a sack, and he just gives him a shot at the bar, mm -hmm. and everybody's just wowed, and they put the cup up on the shelf. If anybody denies it, there's the glass. That mm -hmm. the leprechaun took a mm -hmm. shot out of. There's the same the glass there. Proves the story. By God. You know. So anyway, Darby There's a good has amount of this movie with Darby just walking around with a leprechaun in a sack. Well, you know what? It was 1959. How much special effects budget do you think they had? It wasn't but the special the long effects and the budget. Of it is, it's that they luxuriated it, and it took. It was one of those parts of the movie that felt like it took forever. He kind of like walked around town, and stopped by the by the bar. Show her, That's like, because certain events needed to happen within the town, like understanding that um, Sean, Sean Connery's presence was actually a fraud and he was there to take over the job. People suddenly understood that there had been a deception. Now there were things coming into play. The natural world and the leprechaun world suddenly had to come together in their climactic meeting of the heads, which meant mm -hmm. that Darby was going to now be getting thrown out because all of the lies were exposed. Right, but at no point... Like, uh, Sean Connery and Katie get into a big argument yeah. about his real identity. Mm. And I guess, sure, he was lying to her, but he also says, like, yeah, I didn't bring it up because I don't want you guys to leave. And she yeah. is still just furious at him. Well, you That know, didn't make any goddamn sense. Irish redheads are known to have a temper. I'm sorry if you get a woman to look around her house and say, I have to pack everything of mine and my father's and leave today. Today. And her brain is going a million miles a minute thinking about all the shit she has to pack, and she's mad, and she's not listening to what's being said. I Like, at well, that point. And then it's yeah. also, oh, Dad never told me about this. No. He had two weeks to tell me about it. Oh, Sean Connery. Right, but she doesn't I know I thought that he part. was going to be my boyfriend, but... 
Well, she does but now because she has home. the card. Like, right, but he immediately tells her, essentially, that, yeah, I didn't bring it up because I Your dad told to. me not to, and I don't want you to leave it, anyway. Yeah, yeah, he says, Those I are don't want you to leave. the two things he says, and like a true Irish lass, she horse whips him and runs <laughs> out. I honestly love the whip. Um, like, and in production, I hope that hurt him a little bit. Like, it kind of looked like it wrapped around his head. Like, it, yeah. it hurt him, and I'm very proud of him. I just hope they did several takes. I, yes. You know? <laughs> that I, one I didn't really, good enough. Let's do another one. hope she really made a meal out of horse whipping Sean Connery. Yep. Yep, but they give him a nice little scar on on his cheek. Because you know he said something to Yeah, you know he probably said something like, "Oh, I bet you couldn't do it. You couldn't. I bet you couldn't do it. I bet you couldn't do it." Oh yeah, you bastard! All right, right, man. That is enough of the accents. You're getting real carried away. Ah, it's so much fun. All right, so where are we at? So okay, she horse whips him, runs away. Cat's out of the bag. Now, um, the old shrew pushes her son to try one last uh, thing to um, get the Lord to uh, like him instead of Sean, and that's to discredit him by beating him, throwing whiskey on him, and leaving him to be found like he's uh, a, a drunk. drunk. Yeah. Yes. Darby comes across him, though. And Darby uh, is with the um, king at that point? Yes. Yeah. Wakes him up. They have their okay, conversation. Can we, can we talk about how he wakes him up, though? That slap <laughs> was, like, epic. Wasn't that awesome? I, I really liked how he Is it drunk you are? It just whacks him right in the fucking dome. Yeah. Sean's head rocks like a full foot and a half over. It was awesome. Yeah, it was Given the opportunity, everybody hit Sean Connery as hard as they could. I, yeah. Take 15. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's like, do we really have to do it? Yes, Sean, yes. Yes, yep. yes we Take do. another hit, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when uh, he Darby tries to show him the leprechaun that's in his bag. And, and it's it, a rabbit. And it's a rabbit every mm-hmm. single time. And I was really expecting, like, the old, uh, like, the WB, the, hello, my baby, hello, my darling. <laughs> <I'm right laughs> <now."> <laughs> but instead, like, the awesome. leprechaun's just kind of cordial in there. He's like, yeah. I did a dick thing, but uh, he can see me at least. I'm just a bunny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But again, okay, so the way that he says it, the rapport between Darby and the king is like friends fucking with each other again. You know, so in a lot of ways, it's still, I mean, to me, it's still a very sort of uh, amicable relationship. Uh, they're friendly with each other. You know, they're, yeah, they're messing with each other, but for the moment... Um, they're still kind of letting the game go. I know? mean, Fay have been known to fuck with humans, and like every now and then they find one that's amusing enough to keep around for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually it doesn't end well. <laughs> but then he just like dooms Darby's daughter. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, I sent a banshee after your daughter. Deal with that shit. Use your third wish. <laughs> well, now... At least that's how I took it because I couldn't figure out how that banshee came into play because I think King Brian just threatened him with just the, oh, you won't make your third wish? Well, here comes a banshee for your daughter. Well, okay. Um, right? 
because Darby had the king hostage mm-hmm. and had him in the bag and had him for at least two days, but I think they were saying three days because he had him on Sunday and was going to do his third wish, but then didn't do it thir- on Sunday and said, wait till Monday. So that's at least two days. Because right, he's listening to the the used bell that he yeah. went and got. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So um, somewhere within that, there's dialogue where the king says, now be careful because uh, part of my power and part of what I do is I keep all of the evil spirits away. Right? That's what I do. And if I go missing, not only do these evil spirits now have chance to come out and start making their mischief but my own people will start to wonder where am i and they'll start looking for me yeah right so you gotta make your third wish and let me go otherwise shit's gonna start hitting the fan it's a pretty fucking gangster move (laughs) i mean yeah so it's not like the king called the banshee okay to specifically threaten the daughter but it's the just banshee trying to come bring him home cuz he's the king of yeah the, the banshee branch of the fae yeah like. <laughs> and the the banshee's appearance yeah. is absolutely a consequence of darby holding the king hostage so it's that kind of stuff that makes you go like so effectively what happens is we see it, how in the same way the horse led darby up the mountain that's how the daughter was let up after she yeah. runs away from Sean Connery. And it's essentially exemplifying uh, Darby's greed once again because he's holding on to this. He's coveting it and he's being and, greedy with his wish. And it's and literally time, now. Yeah. Literally now threaten the life of his daughter. You know, his daughter You takes know, because they're bros. Like. <laughs> I mean. Well, she takes a fever. You know, yeah. Well, she falls falling off, off a cliff. Yeah, she falls rocks, off a fucking cliff. Like, yeah. It looks like she's dead. I'm like, I kind of thought to myself, like, is she like, please let her be dead. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> it's a real fucking a tone real shift because it's been just kind of batshit insane, and then all of a sudden, because we see the priest start putting on his robes to read her the last rites, like. Oh shit, they're gonna kill the only female character in this. It's a Disney movie. I mean, it's a Disney movie way back, but I mean. But they had to establish that that the princess in the movie was in danger. Was in danger. In mortal danger. She needs her knight in shining armor to come save her like the damsel. She needs Darby to make the ultimate sacrifice and use his last wish. To sacrifice himself in place of her. But, alright, I just want to talk Daddy again. Save me. Well, <laughs> it's not even necessarily no, that because she's not even conscious of the machinations around her. You know what I mean? This whole manipulation and all of this stuff. The one thing she is conscious of is her dad lied to her. Mm-hmm. And now she has to go chase down this damn horse that's running up the mountain, you know? So, uh, I think Which that's isn't really kind of. Yeah. Which isn't a horse it's because it's these leopard, yeah, puka, p u c a, puka. Yeah, but again, I just want to bring for up subtitles because I would have had none. No, I just yeah, want to bring man. up again the, the fucking ghost in this movie is rad as shit. Yes. That banshee looks so badass, man, and, and the carriage. If we're being honest, because it's I like the, the carriage. It's too. the carriage really of do. death that's coming for Katie, 
that uh, Darby sacrifices himself and says, no, I'll take the carriage of mm-hmm. the Yeah, because it like, doesn't go back empty. Like yes. Once it comes out, it can't go back empty. Right. So he's like, take me instead. I loved it, too. I, I like the, the death thing. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah the way a, the carriage I was laid out with the headless coachman. Oh, that yeah. was so cool. And like from afar, it looked almost like smoke. Like, yeah. I, I liked that effect and yeah. surprised me, like, and especially like the, uh, like the first part when you first see it with the color, like, but like, how did they do that back then? <laughs> like, <laughs> that was a lot for, I, I was surprised. I like that one. Yeah. I like all the effects in it are very surprising for mm-hmm. how old of a movie this is. Well, I can tell you. Just off the top of my head, it would have been you shoot the carriage backlit on a studio. So you have that action, live action, and that's a separate frame that you take, you make a negative of, and you composite it into the skyline. But that is an incredibly simplistic way of explaining the number of experimentations with different film chemicals chemical treatments and just trying to get the types of film correct first of all just to get the overlays to get the colors to get them to match the way that they did but in a very simplistic sense they they shot the carriage on one set of film and just laid it onto the other one because earlier in the film when uh when he falls down the well and the leprechaun zaps him with his little wand Mm -hmm. that doesn't look great but like yeah, when they do the composite shots with the, yeah, like you said, photo negatives, and they get all the greens and the blues, and again, everything's moving. Mm-hmm. It's not a computer image. No. It That's, looks rad as fuck. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I love the haunting. way they use, like, the negative to the color. I Like, the, like, blue-purple in the, with the bright green with all the black, like, oh, it's yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah, I, those are three. Yeah, the way they colors. did the the color transitions on the banshee, I couldn't even begin to speculate exactly how they did that. And it's genuinely you know? terrifying. Yeah, it is a horror shot. Yeah, <laughs> just you see the cowls and the robes. That's already fairly disturbing with the wailing. But then this clawed hand just sort of like yeah. overreaches and comes down, and you're like. Oh, that's not a normal hand, no. Yeah, I, f- I forgave everything about this movie as soon as that came up. Like, man, that is gold right there. And, you know, you said it as we were watching it, but it's an amazing tonal shift yeah. that takes place just in this, this relatively quick sequence of, um, you know, uh, the rabbit is literally out of the bag, mm-hmm. escapes, uh, she knows the truth. And Sean Connery gets whacked and set up, right? These three things all happen, like, real quick. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, uh, her life is literally in danger, threatened, and these magical creatures are out, and, uh, you know, the storm and the lightning and all of that. I mean, it just all really comes together quite well. And I remind you, 90-minute movie. So they didn't need four fucking hours, Zach. They didn't need it <laughs> for your pile of garbage. It still could have been ninety minutes and too mo- too long. Yep. Anyway, it's, um, a, it's a real bad time if you watched it. Mm, have you seen it? 
No, Zack you're fine. Justice League. You're fine. Yeah, you're it's, fine. You're you're missing nothing at all. There is like four or five establishing shots per scene. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In slow mo, okay, sesame seed slow mo, <laughs> and now let's get back to Darby. Okay, so um, Darby appears in this carriage of death because we are watching Darby being carried off to essentially watch his soul burn forever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darby recognizes that that's, that's the exchange. He has to let everything go. I mean, I love that shot of him looking at the... I mean, does that imply the... she was going to hell? Or is that just like a fairy bend to get to where you're going? Like, it doesn't matter. He kind of went well, up into the sky, too. So, like... See, moreover... Now, this is the thing, is that we're blending what is uh, local mythology i hesitate mm-hmm. to say you know celtic druidic what you know where actually um all of this lies but we're also overlaying this with what we know and understand about christian religion and all of that right so the idea that that specific carriage would be taking him to something that we would recognize as either heaven or hell i don't know that that's necessarily what that stagecoach was meant to do maybe it was simply like you know, taking you like the uh, boat on the river Styx, right. where it just carries you over to the realm of the dead. Mm-hmm. And then where you go from there is, you know, Decided. yeah, but, is a, another but, journey. Isn't there a part where King Brian tells him that like, oh, yeah, she's going to die and her soul's, soul is going to be damned forever. And like gives him a very long speech about how, yep, she uh, she's going to burn because this banshee is going to take her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. If the Banshee takes her, then her soul is basically... Doomed. Uh, yeah, because yeah. the Banshee's going to eat it or something like that. Yeah, or... it takes a real fucking hard turn. Yeah. And uh-huh. so we're yeah, watching... you're right about that. Yeah. So we're watching Darby just ride off to his death, and then the Leprechaun shows back up in this carriage. In the carriage. Again, magical creature. Yeah. And... The king of leprechauns, so one must assume that he has a certain amount of access that even a normal leprechaun might not. Might not. Like He's taking extra a ride with magic. Old, yeah, <laughs> taking a ride with his friend who who's on the death carriage. He doesn't have to go all the way either. He's just riding with his friend. Yeah, he specifically says, he's like, I can't go all the way with you. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I can't die, but I'm going to hang out with you while you do. I want to watch you and make sure that your soul perishes forever. Well, because he calls him a worthy adversary. Well, sure is a comfort to have you with oh me. Oh, God damn you. <laughs> That's what Darby says. Yeah. Sure is a comfort to have you with me. He's so, the reason again, he's in the fucking carriage in the first place. Buddies, it's their last bro moment together. You know, this is Captain America holding Tony Stark's hand. Oh, God. So, okay. <laughs> you know it's true, Kayla. <laughs> okay, so... The leprechaun tricks him into making a fourth wish... Which yeah. was the mistake that he had made earlier Wasn't in the film. Wasn't it brilliant the way he led him into the dialogue, though? Okay. But I just want to point well, out that doesn't... Clever, that perhaps. Okay. But that carriage already has a soul in it. So either Darby's going to die or that carriage is going back for his daughter, right? No. They're mm-hmm. just giving up mid-mission? 
But it didn't have to... It takes the wishes away, so results of said wishes are kind of rewound, possibly? Well, there's I, that. Uh, That's the first one. But the second one is, remember, the carriage can't leave empty. Right. So, it didn't leave empty. Darby went with it. The fact that it may have arrived at its location empty does not necessarily mean that it did not fulfill its original purpose. Which is where the king, sly, clever, 5,000-year-old man, would be able to recognize the loophole in the rules of the cosmos, which is also why Walt probably signed off and thanked him, because he wouldn't have Jesus known that loophole. goddamn Christ. <laughs> <laughs> He wouldn't have known about that loophole if the king hadn't told Walt, hey, you know how you get Darby out of this? Let me tell you. Just blow him out of the doors <laughs> at 30,000 feet and let him fall. Don't worry, my magic will take care of him. I'm the king! <laughs> right? you'll, you'll live to see Sean Connery fuck your daughter yet. <laughs> Well, no promises there, but at least you'll know. Oh, the way this film ends, yes, there is. Well, I, I assert that he would not be in the same room, but he would likely be. That is a man who will be watching intently. That He'd is a be... man who would drill a hole in his own, like, wall. Uh, I disagree yeah. entirely. Mm. I think he would likely be in the basement underneath them or in the room next door listening in. Sure. I, I hope could Sean see that. Can, I hope Sean Connery can maintain an erection while a drunk old man cackles in the next room. <laughs> Let's remember out his rubbery old dick. Let's remember. We're, ta <laughs> we're talking about Irish Catholics. I'm sure it won't be a problem at all. <laughs> uh, God damn you! Man. I, I went to Catholic school. Yes. Um, uh huh. Hmm. Good girl. Yeah. Uh, nah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, why do you? Like I'm sure this you've movie? heard that quite a bit. <laughs> What's that? Why do you like this movie? <laughs> this well, movie's no. a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Again, I'll give it the cool ghosts, but like. Okay, at least the music man was, like, jaw-droppingly insane. This is just kind of boring and dumb. It's Rumpelstiltskin. They did Rumpelstiltskin, but with leprechauns. Well, okay. Mr. Cynical. I will say that, uh... Oh, sorry. The leprechaun's name was Brian. Brian Connor. Of the Clan Connor. Yeah. The Irish Clan of known leprechauns yeah, okay. that have gone down for generations, millennia even. But wait, they live forever and don't reproduce, right? So is that, that's just... Okay, so what well, was their plan yeah. on keeping Darby in their uh, cave? Because I don't think leprechauns eat, do they? So they're just going to watch an old man waste away into nothing. Well, not entirely, because what you might expect is that um, through their magic... They would have options of somehow either um, allowing him to join them as a leprechaun themselves, so he could make this sort of transition, if you will, or, or 
they allow him his mortal life and they bury him with honors in a hall <laughs> of other mortals and they would keep say his hat or something like that to go next to the sword or the harp or something as the trophy of the great Darby O'Gill who <laughs> late at night when no one's watching they'll carry his hollowed out carcass out and bury it because their cave is starting to stink and they'll go well no because he would be enshrined in a tomb of other mortals who would impress the I king mean, over I the same I feel like cave. the leprechaun yes. king if they're so you good bros asked, like if they're such good bros the leprechaun king would have like made him immortal too and like he'd been his eternal drinking buddy mm-hmm. I feel like well, yeah, but this is why I say that you could say over the years or through some sort of magical process or something like that, Darby becomes a leprechaun and hangs out with the rest of them. Maybe this is how leprechauns are made. Because, again, you know, the whole reproductive thing is kind of dubious, as Kayla's pointed out. So <laughs> Maybe they're like jellyfish. I think they're just really, Maybe really they're gay. amorphous. Who knows? I, you know? I, or they're just really, really gay. Um, and don't need women to reproduce. So they're like, hey. I don't. So it's like reverse well, you know, Jurassic Park where they're all dudes. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, they don't need yeah. women. Well, it's settled. Greatest film of all time. They did a reverse <laughs> Jurassic Park. There you go. And there was a bitch and ghost. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we know who the next leprechaun is going to be because it's going to be Darby. And um, he'll just be indoctrinated into the fold. But anyway, so to answer your question, why do I like this movie? Well, I saw it when I was a boy. I saw it under circumstances that were all, uh, for the most part, very positive. That banshee scared the living shit out of me. I actually saw it in a theater. Mm-hmm. So I had the whole widescreen experience. And, uh, you know, at the time, you know, Disney sound, which even though it was mono at that time, was still good for the theater experience. And uh, it just stuck with me. So um, I think children, especially children who uh, are not so overexposed to the um, uh, hyper-editing that's in entertainment today, might actually find something like that amusing or charming. I mean, obviously, adults will look at it and go... Oh, okay, let's pick this up a little bit. I got a meeting. I got this, you know, blah, blah. Do we need this much time? I get all of that, you know. But if you've got a kid who's like 8, 10 years old or something like this, and they've never really seen a movie about leprechauns before, unless, you know, it's the Ice tea movie about leprechauns, which is really the only one that needs to be seen. Leprechaun in the hood. <laughs> that one? Instant classic. Sure, Just man. from the title, it's alone. Right. Well, what about the very first Leprechaun? It's got Jennifer Aniston. Uh, and the guy from uh, uh, Pee-wee's big movie. The, the Tim Burton Pee-wee movie. Uh, Mark Holton, that's his name. Um, he also played John Wayne Gacy. Oh. Well. Shout, shout out to Mark Holton. <laughs> All right, Mark. Yay. Jennifer Aniston never did it for me. I don't know what it is. But, uh, you know, meh. Okay. So, um... I mean, have you seen her in her, like... Topless? Yes. Yeah, I mean... In the pictures? Not personally. (laughs) Like, as an older woman, like, Mm -hmm. I think she's way hotter than she used to be. Like Well, I would agree with that, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. she aged like a fine wine. Yeah. Like Pam Greer. Bravo. And deliberately had no children specifically because she wanted to have control over her body that way. 
I mean, to be fair, I never had a cavity in my teeth until I had a baby, and then they just progressively got worse. So never have children. No, it's horrible. <laughs> okay, but a fetus is a I'm little I'm just kidding. Parasite. I'm just kidding. Like, have as many children as you want, please. Oh, no, 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 nope. no. I am. Um, Whichever statement you think is true, <laughs> go with that one. We'll, we'll set up a poll. Yeah, exactly. There's your poll. Have kids or not. Okay, shall we end on that? I, I guess, man. <laughs> Holy shit. So, Darby, be- be- before you get off on some rant about like selective breeding, <laughs> it could happen. I'm but, very well aware. So, uh, so recommend? Yeah, absolutely like not. This is oh, a real dude. I was. Oh, Chris, you break my heart. Oh. Okay, now you're doing Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. No, I just. <laughs> How right. about you, Kayla? Uh, yeah, I'm not giving you a chance to finish that thought. How about you, Kayla? Bored afternoon. Um, want to be like, hey, guys, want to see a fucked up movie? Like, put it on. Mm. And, like, yes. But, like, as something that you're going to go into and be like, I just want to watch this today. Not really. <laughs> um, That's not fair. <laughs> totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. I'm, right. I'm never watching this again. Well, I, I think that is... Um, Sad for your soul, and um, <laughs> I will pray for you, as I also hope Disney's head thaws soon. Okay, Brad, what have you got, <laughs> what have you got to plug? Uh, videos coming, videos coming, revamp of the website, um, things like that uh, in the next... Uh, I don't even want to put a timeline on it, but... Oh, um, that's right, i got to get you those audio files. Crap's happening. Yes, please. And um, and that's that's basically what's going on is I need to revamp the website. I've got sort of a map for the next two, three months. And then um, at that point, once that stuff is up, the next question is... Um, when do we start making movies? Yes. And uh, I have a project for you that Dope. we can talk about. So. Kayla, what do you got to plug? What? Absolutely nothing. Nothing? Absolutely nothing. No podcasts? This one. Wait, do you have a photo shoot or something happening? Uh, calendar shoot? N- what are you doing? Not. I, we, one and never mind the five part up. series that you're I mean, on. Yeah. Every year I do the Legion calendar for a town called Stanton, Michigan, that is like the smallest town ever. Like when they have their parades, it's 90% tractors. That's the kind of town it is. So if people um, wanted to get a calendar. Oh, um, you? Good luck trying to get one. Um, you can, like, find me on Insta, maybe. Okay. Well, you're also in the horror vomit calendar, aren't you? I sure am. Boom! How do we get that, Chris? Uh, you ask me, and I will give them to you. Or ask anyone that I know, and I will give them to them, and they will give them to you. Don't contact me directly. Through the Facebook page? You son of bitches. Horror Don't vomit. you dare approach me! <laughs> Horror Vomit on Facebook, free calendar. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Yes. We're around. We do stuff. Like, watch bullshit. I, yep. Things in the works. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Can we be finished? HPV, thanks for listening. <laughs> Chris, you're awesome. Yep. Kayla, thanks for hanging out. Yes. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yep. Woo, sex cancer. Woo, yeah. Social engineering. Yeah.